How's it going, everybody? You're listening to Tricode Tidbits. That's the show with the terrible name, but the fantastic guests. Uh, my name is John Yacoub, and I'm very pleased to uh, be joined today by Kurt Hagman, San Bernardino County Supervisor. Uh, Kurt has been involved in just about every level of uh, public service in California. He served for six years in the California legislature. He was also the mayor of the city of Chino Hills, and he was the uh, commissioner uh, over the uh, Parks and Recreation Department in Chino Hills as well. Uh, he's serving uh, in, in multiple capacities with many boards and organizations. And uh, sorry to uh, uh, all you Trojans out there, but he's a UCLA alum, from my understanding. And uh, Kurt, go Bruins, go Bruins. <laughs> how you doing, Kurt? Did I miss anything? No, no. Thank you for the intro, and thanks for having me on. And it's only, especially in the last few years, only a few years we can hold our our heads high as Bruins over SC. So we're hoping next uh, keeps going well this year. Okay, beautiful. And uh, and again, I do appreciate you being on because, uh, I mean, San Bernardino is a massive county and there is a lot going on. So let me ask you, what are some of the major items that you have your eye on right now in, uh, in San Bernardino? Well, San Bernardino County is the largest geographical county in the United States. It's bigger than nine states. So there's a, there's a lot going on. But obviously, like everybody else, we're dealing with the aftermath of COVID. Um, how do we transition from the economy pre-COVID to post-COVID, as well as um, to this series of stimulus bills passed by Congress. There's a lot of infrastructure money coming into the county. But during COVID, we found our weaknesses as well. And that is, um, you know, people don't have access to high-speed internet. It's a big priority for us now. So we're trying to, to work on a master plan, which is hard. We have a county the size of a state to figure out all the weaknesses there. Uh, just a lot of exciting investment, probably unprecedented, and probably won't see it again for another 50 years, amount of resources coming into the county for us to work on. But also, we're in the middle of logistic land, where we supply 40% of the United States goods through our corridors. And so the obvious, we have impacts by trucking and by the demand for warehousing. And with the supply trade issues that's affecting the whole nation, the inflation and inflationary tactics you know, how's it affect our economy? And for, you know, I was looking at the homeowner readiness buyer or the buyer level, and we're down to about 67% or 69%, which is a little bit higher than the state, but compared to 10 years ago, it was 81%. So how do we get, you know, future generations in the home ownership and, and move that forward too? So it's a whole list of challenges, but also a lot of exciting times for the county. Yeah, I mean, some major challenges. And uh, I mean, we do appreciate that though. Uh, the levity of that, but or the gravity of that, I should say. But uh, like, so uh, of the developments you're mentioning, there's some pretty exciting things happening. Are there one or two that you particularly got your your eyes on right now? Well, probably more than one or two. But um, the priorities for us for right it. now is, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we have our own assets, the county assets that um, we were on the way to do some infrastructure projects prior to COVID. Now things are being accelerated. So I think the residents will see great improvements in our parks, for example, in our on our regional parks. Prado Park is going to have a whole new facelift and more attractions, um, potentially Olympic venue coming up in 2028 as well as we work toward that. And you know, my other park, Guasti Park, is um, going through. If people don't know, there's a Top Golf is going to be opening there in February or March of next year. So we're very excited. We have some other exciting plans for that. So the livability of, of the Inland Empire, especially in Valley, is going to have a lot more choices. So it's got a lot more 
reasons to stay at home and go do fun things as we add these um, different improvements to our regional park system. But more on the homeowner front is we have large areas of the county are still in septic, which uh, prevents development of higher densities. And so with some of this money that just passed by Congress not too long ago for infrastructure, some of the ARPA money, we're focusing on how do we start connecting our sewer systems? How do we get some of the maybe less productive parcels in, in the valley to be more productive, either for residential or commercial? And then also the whole transition as we go from uh, a retail economy to uh, online economy when we have how we do our shopping and our preferences. And I think COVID accelerated that process even more than anyone expected how to retask some of the, the business centers we have that may not be doing as well to have more either entertainment and service type orientated or we have conversions and like we see in some areas. So it's a lot of large scale planning, I guess, going on. Um, but going back to the high-speed internet issue, we saw that for businesses or education or telemedicine that all of our residents need to have access to it. And so we'll also be looking at infrastructure toward that. And I also sit as the chair of SBCTA, which is our San Bernardino County Transportation Authority. It's also our, our COG or Council of Governments for San Bernardino County. So one of the projects we're working on this lead, uh, hopefully the nation is a um, Hyperloop tunnel underneath about 45 feet underground uh, with the boring company that will connect the Metrolink station in Rancho Cucamonga with Ontario National Airport. So that project is significant, but also it's the technology that shows how do we start planning for the future of moving those trucks we see on the freeways, those cargo containers underground through automation. So we're looking at master planning for those type of things maybe in the future as well. So a lot of exciting times, but really on the global stage of accelerating what we normally do every five years is updates our plan to maybe minor. We may be doing some major updates to large swatches of area as we have accelerated our, you know, prepare for the future. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm blown away just hearing some of this for the first time myself. I mean, the, uh, from the making sure that everyone has the, uh, the data access to the, uh, our online access to, I mean, Top Golf, I think that's going to drive some people crazy. Uh, so it's, it's good to hear. Um, one of the questions I did have was, so we've got, you're talking about maybe there, there's going to be the Hyperloop. Uh, the underground hyperloop connecting from Rancho Cucamonga to Ontario International. And then that, and I understand that there might even further, there's some plans to possibly connect rail from uh, Rancho Cucamonga to Nevada. Is that right? Yeah, Las Vegas. Yeah, wow. the high-speed rail. Um, and that was significant portion of, I think, the possibility that happened has increased greatly since the infrastructure bill uh, passed in Congress. So they were counting on some federal rail money to make that, feasible and i think they have a good opportunity to have that now too so yeah you could basically get around on a high-speed rail from rancho to vegas or turn around and take a tesla underground to catch a flight and we're expanding the ontario airports you know uh, san Bernardino county is a joint venture owner now with ontario city on that airport for the last six years and so we have exciting flights planned to new foreign destinations starting as close as january and february next year even so it's going to be hopefully a place that our residents Inland Empire and surrounding will look at as their primary modes of airport, not the secondary anymore. Yeah, and on a, on a personal side note, thank you so much for the Ontario airport uh, becoming more dominant. That has been a, a tremendous help to many of us. Um, and then, so it actually sounds like San Bernardino is gonna become even more of a, of a nexus of like you said, logistics and activity here in California. 
We hope so. We got to, and that's what puts the pressure on us as policymakers to do good planning going forward. Um, we are the fastest growth county in the United States, supposed to increase our population by 25% in the next 30 years. Um, so that's, that's major. Um, so we have a lot of residents coming in, but we also want to make sure they live, work, and play in their county and not commute like we used to see, you know, people going from San Bernardino out to LA to go to work. We want to bring those jobs here. So on our economic development side, we are doing that. We're attracting a lot of Fortune 500 companies on. We're really uh, starting to be known for our new uh, modern manufacturing because we still have a lot of space left, maybe not in the valley as we do in the desert, but we still are attracting those business hubs. And um, so we want people to and, and businesses to invest in the county so we can live closer to where we work. And we also want to have the facilities for those who live here to want to stay here and have their, spend their time and you know, have their family have options to do things here in the county as well. And we think we're getting there. It's a lot of, a lot of changes, but also a lot of great opportunities for the future as we go forward. Yeah, I mean, as you said, there's a lot of exciting things going on. And uh, I mean, just to, to zero in on, on, you know, we talked about housing a little bit earlier uh, with, you know, the pressure uh, to, uh, to build more housing in California. You know, it's, it's one of the governor's uh, uh, signature campaigns, you know, especially prior to, uh, to COVID. But uh, how do you foresee a lot of these changes that are going to be happening in San Bernardino? How do you foresee that impacting housing? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I sit on also SCAG, which is Southern California Association of Governments, and probably our most controversial few months of discussion was on the proposed RENA, which is all these government acronyms, but how many houses each community must build in order to be compliant with the state goals. And the numbers are quite high um, for the state of California. And, and for communities that really are landlocked with that much land left, they seem insurmountable to make that kind of change. You have to take out single family residents to start building higher density to catch up with the numbers that the state wants us to have in each community. The state passed a couple of bills that allow those who do have land around their home to build accessory units. In San Bernardino County, you can build two ADUs on your home if you meet all the rest of the criteria. Hence, we go back to, like I, I live on a larger lot, but I can't put extra ADUs because I'm on septic. And so we have to be a partner in that goal as government to change some of our septic systems out the sewer so the larger lots of land can handle a little more density so there's going to be the little infill projects but also you're going to look at you know some major migration out to the inland empire so we have to build bigger communities which puts pressure on our transportation system and other things so it all ties in together in this large planning um, but I do think that we need to work on the, the prices of housing I see them going skyrocketing I know uh, my children are just getting out of college and getting on their first jobs. There's no way they can buy into, you know, in different areas of, the, of San Bernardino County are much higher than others. We're constantly trying to battle the state um, level as far as what they rate us, as far as, far as uh, you know, the standard, what the housing price should be in our county. So people can get affordable FHA loans, and which is very difficult in my district on the West End. None of the homes really are going to be FHA qualifiable. So we have to work on the legislative front, infrastructure front, as well as um, keep combating some of the price increases, which is regulation and, and supply and demand issues. So it's going to be a tough, I think, near future for housing. Um, but know that the legislative process, the leaders are, are focused on it, trying to figure out how we can be good partners in it and how we can help alleviate the situation uh, going forward. 
All right, fantastic. And so what I'm hearing is you're really, you're making sure that you're setting the stage, making sure that all of the necessary, uh, the logistics, again, the infrastructure is there to accommodate what you see as this massive swelling in, in housing here in San Bernardino. Yeah, we can't put all the improvements on the back of developers. Um, they just can't afford it. And therefore, you don't have these um, affordable homes. Um, unless they're very tiny and, and not everybody wants to live in a very small home or tight community. So we have to build the partner up. And that's what I hope we could do with some of this infrastructure dollars to take away some of the offsite improvements, the sewer connections, the widening of streets, the cubs and the sidewalks and sewer you know, gutters and those type of things. Those are projects that normally would bear on to a developer of a, of a project. And especially in my district, there's not a lot of huge open lands. There's the Ontario Preserve yet, but in most of my other cities are small plots of lands that you may switch from one house to six homes. Well, six homes can't bear the cost of bringing sewer up, you know, a quarter mile away. So that's where I'm hoping that we can be helpful for the situation because we need to do this anyway for environmental purposes. And, um, and we have the one-time dollars to be able to do that in, for the next three or four years to start investing in some of our infrastructure. But it's not a silver bullet that, that fixes anything. It's going to be a combination of um, higher density areas is going to be um, more sprawl, urban sprawl as we go out throughout the county. We do have a lot of vacant land in the other areas, and but we have to look at how we get people to and from them where they live to, and work, and that's why we got to work on the economic development front. So it's all those things in one makes a community, and even as large as one in San Bernardino County. Gotcha. All right, and you know, Kurt, if you don't mind me going to uh, just ask about you in particular. I like, especially when I meet uh, distinguished uh, public servants out, such as yourself, um, what originally got you interested, motivated you to get involved in public service? Thank you. I, yeah, it wasn't the path I ever thought I would take. Definitely. I was um, a young business owner in my community in Chino Hills, and I became a volunteer holic, to be honest. I, at one point, was in eight city volunteer groups, um, enjoyed the public process and have a public background being in the military and those type of things before. So I want to get back into it. And I was recruited to become a commissioner for um, Parks and Recs in Chino Hills, like in the intro, and for one of the council members there. And then kind of fell in love with public policy. Um, I was a, commission, a commissioner on the Workforce Investment Board for San Bernardino County, too. And I was able to work collaboratively with my other board members to change directions and see the benefit of changing directions for that particular board. We went from like one of the worst performing ones in the United States to the number one in the United States. And that was very fulfilling for me. So that's kind of how I got my public policy bug. I, I enjoy the, the more of the policy side, less the political side, but it goes hand in hand sometimes with the different positions you have. And there are different philosophies with um, different people we work with. But it's mostly about trying to get that, that boost from doing something right, something innovative, something different, and, and going forward with that. Like uh, one of the things on the technology, I love technology, which is not always going together with government. We're usually the last ones to transition to different things. So we're really trying to change that culture here in San Bernardino County. But we're one of the first people to use Starlink right now. And Starlink is another Elon Musk um, satellite communications to to be receiving for high speed internet so we're deploying those in our 
like Wasty Park and other places where you don't have, you can't run a, a fiber line out there and be too costly. So we're trying to be innovative as well as government. We went to a lot of virtual services for our residents and we're having kiosks, like you walk up to a bank, you can now walk up to a kiosk in all our libraries and talk to different departments about driving in. So those are the things that get me going every day is how do we make government better? How do we make it more accessible? How do we be more efficient? And how do we deliver our part uh, of our life to our residents who most don't want to know we're there. We're just there to make sure, you know, we used to say in the city, make if your roads don't have potholes, the water turns on and your toilet flushes, you're okay. And, you know, it's a little bit bigger on the county side. There's much more different, you know, nuances to it, but that's what we want to do. We want to be in the background and support the free economy and for our, our area to do well. Okay, great. And then, uh, Final uh, awkward question, when you're not working in, uh, in government or you're not working for the county, uh, what do you like to do in your spare time, assuming you have any? Yeah, it doesn't seem there's a lot of that lately, but I have two wonderful kids, like uh, that one just graduated this master's at UCLA, so we are a UCLA family, but my daughter's a, a junior right now. Um, I'm also in the state guard. Um, so every once in a while, I dress up in my army uniform, we're going to work there, and we're there for the state emergencies as we go back and forth. But mostly, it's taking care of our home and, and trying to enjoy our, our family and have a little bit of time there. But this job is not a nine-to-five job. It's a seven-day-a-week job. It's getting emails and phone calls at night, getting up early in the morning. And there's always something new, especially lately with COVID and the governor sent us different orders. And we've taken a different path, if you notice, than our neighboring county like LA County. We have put a lot more faith in our residents and our businesses than, than I believe they have and hopefully have less impact to the business community. So there's day-to-day -day decisions we have to make. And as chairman of the board, that's something that you should have to go to the CEO. We do some um, talk before we brief the rest of the board and figure out directions to go. Okay. Well, sounds good. And, uh, and I do appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today, Kurt. I, I do have this, uh, I do like to ambush our guests with uh, a little request. It's kind of a tradition, but uh, I'm going to throw on, uh, I'm going to share my screen and you'll see just a, a quote that I happen to find uh, funny. And if you would oblige, you don't have to, obviously, uh, if you would just give your best straight or dramatic reading of that quote, uh, I would appreciate it. Okay, I'll give it a shot. All right. It's gonna... The reading test. There you go. A friend of mine told me to shoot first and ask questions later. I was going to ask him why, but I had to shoot him. There you go. It's from John Wayne, huh? Very cool. John Wayne. Yeah. So uh, again, thanks again. Thanks for obliging me. And uh, thank you again for, uh, for all you do for the community and for coming on to our show. Thank you for what you do for the real estate place as well. We definitely need those professionals get our residents in the homes, especially these times. So good luck with that going forward. Yeah, thank you so much. And I hope to hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks, Jeff. All right, take care. Thanks, Mike.